Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You fired a shot from your, from your pistol? One shot. Taking the stand. It's a decision every defendant has to make. Before August 25th of 2020, had that gun ever le left the state of Wisconsin? No. And for some defendants, it pays off. We take a look at those defendants who took the stand and were acquitted. I'm Anjanette Levy, and welcome to this special edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast, where we are taking a look at those defendants who rolled the dice, took the stand, and were found not guilty. Now, testifying, as you know, can be a risky proposition. It gives you the opportunity when your lawyer questions you to tell your story, but then you open yourself up to a lot of scrutiny under cross-examination, and a prosecutor can basically ask you almost anything, depending on whether or not the judge found it admissible or not. So we are going to take a look at some of these people over the last year or so who've taken the stand and were acquitted. One of those people is Curtis Reeves. He was a retired police officer from Tampa, Florida, and he was charged with killing Chad Olson back in 2014. The two had a confrontation in a movie theater over Olson using his phone. Olson threw popcorn at Reeves, who then fired at Olson, killing him. Here's some of Curtis Reeves' testimony. Curtis, let me ask you a question. Did you ever find the need while you were a law enforcement officer at TPD to have to use your weapon, fire your weapon? No, sir. In the line of duty? No, sir, I did not. Did you ever find the need, Curtis, when you were working for 12 years for Bush Entertainment with 40,000, 30,000 people, visiting that amusement park to ever have to pull your weapon and use your weapon. No, sir, I did not. Now, it's important to point out that Curtis Reeves was a police officer for many, many years. He's retired. And so he's basically a professional witness. These police officers are trained about how they should testify and how to speak to a jury. You fired uh, a shot from your, from your pistol? One shot. What happens after you fire that shot? Uh, 
as soon as he turns away, then he's no longer a threat. So I lay down the pistol, and then I try to determine how I'm, how bad I'm hurt. So I'm, and, and then I realize that my glasses, the reason that everything is blurry, is because my glasses were kind of sideways. I'm gonna call it askew. This left, uh, this left piece here was down on my cheek, and my glasses were kind of, I guess you could call it askew. That's when I realized that the reason everything was so blurry was because my glasses had been knocked off. Well, were they knocked off or were they askew? Askew. Okay. Uh, were those glasses you were wearing? Yes, sir. And here's just a little bit of the cross-examination of Curtis Reeves. Isn't it true that if an object, a non-deadly object, is thrown at you, thrown at anybody, you can't kill that person for throwing that object at them, correct? If it's, that's kind of a hard question to answer. Because, uh, I'm gonna give you an example. I'll give you an example. Okay, I'll give you an example. Someone throws a plastic water bottle at another person. It hits that person, falls to the ground. You can't kill that person for doing that, correct? That's the fact pattern. That's all it is. That's all I'm asking you. Uh, that would, under those conditions, no, sir. Curtis Reeves' attorneys argued that he acted in self-defense. And in Florida, they have really, really strong self-defense laws. He was 73 years old at the time, and his defense attorneys argued that he felt threatened by Chad Olson, who was a large man, just like Reeves was. The jury found Reeves not guilty of second-degree murder. Another case that we've covered here on Law and Crime, where a defendant was acquitted and took the stand, Kyle Rittenhouse. That happened just over a year ago. He was 17 years old back in August of 2020 when he went to downtown Kenosha following unrest in the city after Jacob Blake was shot seven times by Kenosha police. Rittenhouse and his best friend, Dominic Black, who lived in Kenosha, were guarding a car lot. Rittenhouse also said he was working as a medic that night. Rittenhouse was armed with an AR-15 that Black bought for him earlier that year since Rittenhouse wasn't old enough to buy it for himself. Kyle Rittenhouse ended up shooting three people that night, killing two of them. They were Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber. Rittenhouse wounded a third man. His name was Gage Grosskreutz, a man who tried to disarm him but was armed with a pistol. Rittenhouse claimed self-defense. He described his first encounter for the jury with a man named Joseph Rosenbaum who was unarmed. That shooting started the entire chain of events that night. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you step back from Mr. Zeminski, what's your plan? My plan is to get out of that situation and go back north down Sheridan Road to where um, the car source lot number two was. And did you get back? Were you able to go in a northerly direction? I, I wasn't. Describe what happened. I, once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side um, and I was cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski and there were <laughs> there were three people right there. There were a lot of people who saw Kyle Rittenhouse crying and felt really a lot of sympathy for him. And then there were a lot of other people who believed he was faking. The assistant district attorney prosecuting this case was Thomas Binger, and he questioned Kyle Rittenhouse for several hours. He portrayed Kyle Rittenhouse as a wannabe cop, a kid who was playing video games and came to Kenosha to stir up trouble. As I'm running in that Southwest direction, Mr. Rosenbaum throws, I, at the time, I, I know it's a bag now, but when he threw it at me um, with the light, it looked silver and it looked like the chain when he threw it at me. I, and then I continue, I, I turn around for, for about a second while continuing to run and I point my gun at Mr. Rosenbaum. Does that stop him from chasing you? It does not. They after you turn around and you had your hands up kind of in a low ready position? Yes. And you see Mr. Rosenbaum coming at you? Yes. And what do you do then? Um, after he throws the bag and he continues to run, he's gaining speed on me. A gunshot is fired from behind me, directly behind me. And I take a few steps and that's when I turn around. And as I'm turning around, Mr. Rosenbaum is, I would say, from me to where the judge is uh, coming at me with his arms out in front of him. He, he, I remember his hand on the barrel of my gun. And why didn't you just keep running? When I was over there, there were about a hundred people surrounding that, that those, cars and there was no space for me to continue to run to okay. and so you turned around yes and as you see him lunging at you what do you do i shoot him 
Now, I covered the deliberations in this case and the closing arguments, and I thought that Binger's closing argument was pretty good, although there was a lot of the testimony in the state's case that really helped Kyle Rittenhouse, which was somewhat surprising. The jury deliberated for a little more than three days and found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty of all charges that he faced. It was the week before Thanksgiving in 2021. Earlier this year, Danielle Redlick was tried for the murder of her husband and her former stepfather, one in the same, Michael Redlick. Danielle claimed self-defense after she claimed Michael tried to hurt her during an argument at their home in January of 2019. This all happened in Florida. How many times did you stop him? Once. After you stop him, do you take the knife with you? or something else? No. What happens with the knife? I don't know. I, I guess it dropped. I don't know. You run away. You go to the bathroom? Yes. What do you do when you get to the bathroom? Um, I run into the bathroom, and you know, the bathroom door is broke, so I run to the toilet closet and lock myself in there. I sat up against the toilet closet, and um, was just hoping and praying he wasn't coming in there, but also thinking to myself, what am I gonna do? This is crazy. I gotta get out of here. Why do you go to the bathroom instead of running out the door, something else? I don't know, I guess I just always run there. Um, it was just instinct. I, didn't, I don't know that I was completely thinking at that point. I thought he was coming after me. And so do you hear him at some point? Yes. When is this? Is this right after you've gone into the bathroom? Yes. What do you hear? I hear him yelling. Um, I can't quite make out what he's saying. I heard my name, um, but I don't know what he's saying. Prosecutors claim that Danielle Redlick let Michael Redlick bleed to death and that she was doing things like she was on her computer looking at dating sites and things like that, and that she actually spent some time cleaning up the crime scene before a call to 911 was placed. So let's listen to a little bit of that cross-examination. But you're not saying he didn't use a, an extraordinary amount of force to sort of push, push you back against that island, correct? He absolutely used force to push my head back, yes. And it's in that moment that you take the knife and you, you uh, jab it into his shoulder. Right. But that doesn't stop him. That doesn't, that doesn't dissuade him. Correct? After he stabbed, yes, after he was stabbed. Well, yesterday you said that he still kind of kept coming after he was stabbed. I don't know that I said that. You said there wasn't an immediate reaction to him being stabbed and that he sort of continued to to force himself on you for- When I grabbed the knife and I held it again, or toward him, he didn't immediately, he did not stop. But he, so he stops when he gets stabbed, that's your testimony today? Yes, I mean, yes. So you're able to go from sort of this position now more upright? Yes. He, you, you sort of feel the release of pressure off your back? Yes? I feel the release and pressure of him off of me. You feel the, his hand, which had been forced down your face, come off, correct? Yes. And he is standing there, and he begins to bleed, yes? I don't know. I, I ran. 
Now, I remember when we were covering this case here on Law and Crime, and a lot of people felt that Danielle Redlick really held up pretty well on the stand, and they felt like the prosecutor who was questioning her was kind of rude to her and really beat up on her when she was claiming that she acted in self-defense. So maybe that played a part in her being acquitted because she was acquitted of that murder charge, but she was also found guilty of cleaning up the crime scene. So she was sentenced to one year probation for that along with time served. Another case we followed gavel to gavel here on Law and Crime was the case of Brett Hankison. He was a former Louisville Metro police officer, and he was involved in that botched raid on the apartment of Brianna Taylor. Now, Taylor died after her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and officers conducting the raid fired at one another. Kenneth Walker said, said he didn't realize that these were police officers executing a search warrant. He just heard noise and felt like somebody was breaking into the apartment. One of the officers, Sergeant John Mattingly, was wounded but thankfully survived. Hankison fired into the apartment through a sliding glass door because he believed he was trying to stop the threat. And he actually testified to this on the stand. And was it your perception that that muzzle flash was coming from your brother officers? Yes, sir. What did you think? I knew Sergeant, <clears throat> excuse me, I knew Sergeant Mattingly was down, and I knew, I knew they were trying to get to him. And it appeared to me that they were being executed with this rifle. So what did you do? I returned fire through, excuse me, through the sliding glass door. And that did not stop the threat. What were you firing at? The muzzle flashes that I could see in the apartment that were illuminated by the, uh, that illuminated that sliding glass door. And did you continue fire? Do you know how many rounds you discharged? At that time, no, sir. And did you continue firing? I fired and then I assessed after firing through that sliding glass door, I assessed and the firing continued. And what did you do? I moved from my left to my right from the breezeway <clears throat> towards the bedroom window that was now being illuminated by that muzzle flash. Okay. It's been testified to numerous times that, that there was there was um, uh, a drape or, or blinds there and that's that's accurate. But that was still lighting up that bedroom window. The bedroom, both bedroom windows were still being lit up. So in my mind, I perceived that threat, which I clearly identified as a threat, an active threat. I thought that if I could get to that bedroom window, I could put rounds through that bedroom window and stop the shooter who, from the last place, I had eyes on them, which was seconds before that. How long does this go on, if you can estimate? From the from the first from the first shot. Yes. I would say. Did you fire the last shot? After I shot, return fire through that bedroom window. The threat stopped. All firing ceased at that time, and in my mind, the threat was stopped or eliminated. Okay. And are you able to estimate how long it was from the time the first shot that struck Sergeant Mattingly till your last shot? I would say somewhere between five and 10 seconds. 
Now, the position of the prosecution in this case was that Brett Hankison basically kind of freaked out and ran around the side of the apartment building and fired without shooting at a target. They claimed he didn't have any type of target. Meanwhile, he says that he saw some type of flash and was trying to stop the threat not only to himself, but to his fellow officers. But on cross-examination, the prosecutor questioned him about a similar incident he was involved with earlier in his career. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Who is the author, well, who is the memorandum written to? It's written to me. And at the time, where, uh, what division were you a part of? It's underneath your name. Sorry. Charlie District. And who is the memorandum from? Colonel Robert White. And this is regarding letter of appreciation? Yes, yes, ma'am. And go ahead and read the content of this memorandum. Yes, ma'am. Recently, I received a letter condemning, commending, sorry, commending you for your professionalism and outstanding performance in your assistance in an incident occurring at 7919 Ivory Court. I understand the subject of this location had barricaded himself in the house with several weapons and ammunition. In a timely fashion, you were able to set up an inner perimeter and make contact with the subject as well as gather other critical information from the subject's family. Teamwork and patience from all units involved in this incident allowed for the situation to be resolved without this, with the subject surrendering. I appreciate your willingness to put forth extra effort in doing your job. You have helped showcase the professionalism and dedication of the Louisville Metro Police Department. So in this situation, the subject was barricaded in the house with several weapons and ammunition. And you made contact with the subject, and the situation was resolved. That's what the letter says, yes, ma'am. That's what the letter says. Do you recall this incident? I do not. You do not. 
It's important to point out that Brett Hankison was not charged with the death of Breonna Taylor. None of the officers were, and it wasn't Hankison's bullet or gun that fired the shot that killed Breonna Taylor. Hankison was acquitted of these three wanton endangerment charges, but he now faces a federal civil rights charge for firing into Breonna Taylor's apartment. And that's it for this edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast, where we looked back on some of the defendants who took the stand and were acquitted. Sidebar is produced by Sam Goldberg and Logan Harris. Bobby Zoki is our YouTube manager. Alyssa Fisher handles our bookings and Kiara Bronson does our social media. You can download and listen to Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.